Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ready to turn noon. So if you're out here on the West Coast, it's about noon. Everywhere else, it's good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated economist here. So wanted to talk a little bit about the bond market. Um, I have a link down in the description I'll share with you guys. Pretty interesting story coming out of um, coming out of the Wall Street Journal talking about convertible bonds and how these convertible bonds are actually losing a lot of value. And it's something that, I mean, not surprising considering the interest rates are going up on the U.S. 10-year Treasury, which then gets ever increasingly closer to the corporate debt. And once it gets closer to the corporate debt, then why would you buy corporate debt when you could buy the U.S. Treasury? But these corporations, they had sold something called convertible bonds so that if the bond reaches a certain level, you can convert it over to stock. And so then you can have stock in the company. So these bonds, these convertible bonds, they give kind of like a, almost like a safety net. So like, if you don't like the stock price, you can just keep it as a bond and collect the interest rate off of it until it's held to maturity. You get your principal back plus a little bit of interest. Now that's a pretty good deal, except if you ever want to go and sell this bond. And right now, you have these uh, convertible bonds that are just losing value like crazy um, in the corporate debt market. And it's just another sign of the corporate debt crisis that I feel is going to be looming over us here real soon. And this corporate debt crisis is really, I think, in um, kind of a ploy coming from the Federal Reserve. It's like, I don't know exactly like what their plan is, but they've talked about needing to take some of the jobs market out. And since you can't really bring in new people to fill these jobs, you just need to get rid of the jobs. And that's part of getting rid of the zombie corporations. And I feel that a lot of these corporations who have sold these convertible bonds are going to be feeling a lot of pain and layoffs and slowdowns or even just right out full out defaults and just, you know, bankruptcies are probably going to be hitting a lot of these uh, a lot of these different uh, uh you know, corporations that are, I don't know how to say like viable corporations. I mean, these, there's a lot of like businesses out there that need ever increasing amounts of debt in order to function. And if you can't get the debt, then you're not going to be able to, uh, to be able to continue on. So anyway, how long have we been talking here? A few minutes. Thank you, everybody. Wow. A hundred of you in here already. That is awesome. You E, are you still going to talk to Owen Benjamin? Yes. Um, now that I'm back from the uh, from the conference over in Miami, the Rebel Capitalists uh, event, I'm going to try and set up at least two or three. I'm probably two. I'll probably get away with just one, but I'm going to try and do an interview at least you know every week. That I'm going to try and get somebody onto the show, and so I'll be conducting the interviews. Um, I've already kind of talked up with uh, Brent Johnson and Lynette Zhang, and um, I didn't get a chance to really talk to Jeff Snyder about getting an interview with them, but I'm sure I can get Jeff on the show as well. But I'm going to get all the good, all the all the famous people, um, going to get them on the show and and interview them. And I would love to uh, I would love to speak with um, Benjamin Owen because I haven't I haven't ever spoken like or emailed with him or anything, but. I hear he he mentions my show quite a bit, so I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna um, reach out to him. 
What's up, UE? Good to see you back on live. Unfortunately, I only have about 10 minutes left for my lunch break. Yeah, and that's me as well. Um, I got a little late start to this one, so I'm going to have maybe about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so out here, and then I'm going to have to cut it short too. Normally, I like to go a little bit longer than that. So anyway, as we get closer to this corporate debt, I mean, that's something that we all should be very concerned about as we go into the future here, because I feel that's going to be the part that's where where the Fed is like trying to take out the jobs market. I think that's how they're going to do it, is they're going to allow that 10-year treasury to rise and then take out the zombie corporations. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of other people who are going to feel the pain from that, too. I mean, they're, it's basically a debt trap. If you have taken out a lot of debt and the interest rates begin to rise and it starts putting a pain on the people and it's harder to earn money, well, then it's harder to pay your debts. And then next thing you know, you're going to have to start having things like giving up the fancy car or maybe selling off some of the toys that you had purchased, those things begin to happen. It's just like the corporation selling off their assets or, you know, cutting employees or whatever it is that they got to do in order to, to make ends meet, which is basically paying these bondholders. All right. Uh, let's see here. UE, great lunch break surprise. Yeah, right on, man. I'm glad you're here. Uh, hey, uneducated economist. Thank you for your RCL video. I got some good information from that. Yeah, I appreciate you watching that. Um, sorry about the audio on that. You know, really, my sister was in the front row. She was basically as close as that she could get, um, and that was as like about as good a video as I could get from the uh, from the RC, from the Rebel Capitalist Live. Uh, I asked George about it to see if he was if he was okay with me posting that. He said he was. So, anyway. Um, I can't remember. Robert was the... A lot of people ask me who the last person on the stage was. His name is Robert. I couldn't remember his last name, and I, I didn't have the link to his to his page or anything, his podcast. But the dude is really super sharp, and he's a nice guy. And I'm going to be talking with him real soon as well. I'd hope to get him on the show and uh, interview him as well and his insight into the uh, real estate real estate market because he's uh he's quite knowledgeable as well but once i get his name figured out which i am so sorry robert if you're watching this i do apologize um that i forgot your name but anyway we'll figure that out and we'll have him on the show as well he's super intelligent dude all right uh hold cash everything gonna dump yeah and that was one of the themes that i got from like the the last day the sunday at the rebel capitalist event was uh you know, holding on to cash right now is not a bad deal. Like a lot of people are just stuck on the inflation scenario, which is, it's a big deal. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of high prices out there, but what I feel, feel coming into the future from here is going to be exceptionally low prices on a lot of stuff. And if you looked at the video that I had posted earlier today, there is actually cases where people are trying to return stuff back to Target or Walmart and they're telling them to keep the stuff and the money like they don't even want the stuff back they're just like fine you want to return it here just keep the money we don't we don't even want the stuff because there is so much stuff now here in the united states that had been imported from china or all over the world really and it was a false demand i said it back then that there is not much there's not this much demand for all this stuff and at some point we are going to find this place flooded with things that nobody wants and that's the case we're coming across it now the things like food and energy that's not in the that's not in the in the over supply. That is not even close to oversupply. Everything else is, right? All the crap that you get from Walmart, all the TVs and clothing and all the all the stuff, right? Nobody wants it anymore because they all spent that, you know, back during the pandemic. 
And because that, because the retailers weren't able to acquire a lot of this stuff because of the slowdown in transportation and the, you know, severe severing of the supply chain, because these retailers couldn't get it or they were being allocated, there was panic buying taking place. And that's why we have so much crap here now in the United States. And this is going to be a major problem going after this, because a lot of people are going to see cheaper prices. They're going to see it come down and they're going to say, oh, right, the Fed was right. It is transitory. But it's not. That's not the case at all. What's going to happen is, is that all this stuff is going to finally get sold, be out of the warehouses, be out of, you know, through the retailers. And the manufacturing that is taking place right now is going to be non-existent. So there's going to be a gap in production. It's very much like what I was talking about with lumber. There's a gap in production for lumber right now. And that's going to be very devastating once the real shortages start kicking in, because then we won't have food or stuff. But then again, I also have to think like once the price of food really starts to move up, then you're going to have farmers investing to try and produce as much food to take advantage of those high prices. But there's going to be a problem with that because it's going to be something like what the truckers are experiencing right now. During the pandemic, freight rates ran way up. I mean, you had, you know, people were charging an insane amount to haul stuff around. Well, that gives a great opportunity for people to get into the trucking business, right? So you start up this trucking business when freights are real high, but then you find freight starts to fall off a cliff and here you have put out all this money and effort into starting a business or expanding your trucking company and then realize that's a malinvestment. And now the actual debt of trying to expand your business is the very thing that's going to destroy your business because you won't be able to afford to make the payments and you know then you start to fail um it's going to happen all over the place with all kinds of things let me slip this back here so we don't burn my phone up all right 276 of you um got probably about another 20 minutes out here be sure and hit the like button that's going to send the video out there we'll get more people into the chats we'll get a lot more comments going on and that's really what we like to see is all the comments all right. Jesus thing wants to fall. Okay. Lowe's has Ego lawnmowers on sale and Ego products rarely go on sale. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I, that's, again, it's something that I said was going to take place back when inflation was first starting to kick in and the, and the shortages were kicking up. I said, at some point you're going to find the prices get elevated, but then you're going to get like two for one deals, right? But even better than that, you get to return the item, not return the item and get the money for it. So it's like how, that's even better, right? Better than a two for one deal. And, you know, I have to think like, how deflationary is that? How, how deflationary is getting free stuff, right? You don't even make any money off of it. Like the retailers can't possibly make money if they're just giving the money back. That's just like, there's no way. And then on top of that, you think, okay, there's a huge slowdown in home sales. Well, that's the expansion of money and credit, which isn't happening. And so, like, not only are interest rates high, so most people probably aren't taking out debt on credit cards to buy stuff. So that's not an expansion of money and credit. People aren't buying nearly as many homes. That's not an expansion of money and credit. There's not as many cars being sold. So that's no expansion of money and credit. There's That's deflationary. That's all deflationary stuff happening there. So anyway, I got this here. Cayenne cleanse kombucha. I love kombucha. All right. Sorry, guys. I must have drank a lot of coffee today. I am just babbling up a storm. Here we go. Is the labor market strong or is that all BS? No, well, labor market strong as... Okay. So here you have a pandemic. Everybody's told to go home. 
don't go to work. And there's people who are like really close to retirement who are like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and retire. I'm just like, you know, I was going to retire in a couple of years, but I'm just going to retire now. So you had like a bunch of people get pushed into retirement because they weren't going to work anyway. And then at the same time, you have less people taking on training. So let's take the truckers, for example. There wasn't as many trucking schools training people during the pandemic because people weren't going to school. So there's a lack of truckers during that time. Well, the labor shortage during the expansion. So people thought, okay, man, it's time to expand because there's so much demand out there, but it was false demand, right? It didn't really exist. So you got all these corporations looking to hire people to deal with this expansion or deal with the overwhelming consumer demand that, again, didn't really exist. And now we have zombie corporations. So what you have is more jobs during that than actually people who def who are going to fill them. So really there was like irrational exuberance that created corporations or zombie corporations or allowed them to continue to exist that's what i should say not created they just allowed them to continue to exist but now they're not going to be allowed to continue to exist and when those guys fail or they get shut down or just go out of business those are people going to those are lost jobs i mean that's every one of those people are going to become unemployed they're going to have to go over to the viable companies and get hired over there so yeah, I think there is a strong labor market, but that's false. It's more like we have zombie corporations taking away from the labor market that need to go. So that ain't strong. That's weak. <laughs> All right, moving on. Good afternoon, everybody. The Duke 12131 is here. Right on, the Duke. Glad to see you. Do you see a liquidity shortage in U.S. or Europe as in bank runs? Thanks for the great content. Um... I, you know, I have a hard time believing in bank runs. Um, I know they exist. It's happened before. There's places like Cyprus and all that that do exist. But I'm trying to think like here in the United States to actually see a bank run. And I, I don't I don't think so. Like it could happen, but I, I just don't see it. You know, somebody asked me about it a while ago. And I said, like, I think I titled that one bank runs. I'm not worried, but I probably should be. Go back and check that one out. Let's look at some of the comments through that section and maybe we can get a little bit better idea of how the other people feel about bank runs and what could happen. I do fear, not fear, feel, because I don't fear anything, right? This is all just, you just take on the information, you try and deal with it and conduct yourself in a, mat, in a matter that's going to be beneficial to you. But I do feel that there is going to be a huge demand for U.S. dollars outside of the United States to cover all the debt that has been issued in dollars. And that's really like if you look at Evergrande or you look at Sri Lanka or even look at Russia, Russia has defaulted. Like I haven't read on Russia today or I haven't read about Russia today um, on how the uh, how the def default on their bonds is going. Um I've only had a couple of minutes here to, to read some articles. So I was going to go and do some research to see how significant this is because Russia defaulting, that would be pretty major. And if they can't, if the bondholders don't get paid, I, I could really see where that could start a contagion effect, especially with just the issuance of new bonds. People are just going to be like, man, I don't want to touch this stuff. I don't want to touch any debt. I want hard assets. I want cash. I want food. I want guns. That's the kind of thing that people are going to get to once the third party is not reliable. And that's pretty much everything out there. I mean, if you have a portfolio that's on a piece of paper or on a screen, that's a third party that you have to worry about. 
If you have silver in your hand, if you have gold in your hand, if you have ammo in your hand, if you got guns and food, that's the physical possessions that you get to protect that you don't have to worry about a third party coming and taking from you. And cryptocurrencies on a lesser extent. But I'm going to cover cryptocurrencies in a different video. All right, onward. Oh, there was a super chat. Thank you so much. Vigne? Uh, Vigne? Thank you very much for the $5 super sticker. Keep it up. Thank you. Okay. There won't be bank runs once the CBD, central bank digital currencies come. That's a protection that suits the banks if there's a bank crisis. And yeah, and actually it would probably be a bank run type of thing would be the crisis that would give the Federal Reserve that like go ahead to, to issue out a central bank digital currency. I mean, that could really like start it off. And all these people go out there and they hoard this cash thinking I'm not going to be in that. You know, I'm not going to be part of their system. I'm not going to be part of the B system or the digital currencies. And they'd be like, that's fine. But if you want to deposit that stuff back with us, we're going to charge you a fee if you don't hurry up and do it today. And if you withdraw it, we're going to charge you a fee. And so if you go to the store to spend it, they're going to actually charge you more for cash to spend cash there because they're the ones who have to take on the burden of depositing, depositing that cash into the bank. This is how they're going to get cash out of the system. I know they are. They're going to charge you to use cash. And that's and that'll just force you into the central bank digital currencies. All right. Oh, whoops, so fast. Okay, zombie corporations. Lots <laughs> laugh out loud. I would consider Netflix a zombie corporation. All right. Will stocks go below COVID lows? A lot of them are starting to like PayPal and Disney. Um, yeah, I, I, I foresee like, you know, stocks crashing. I mean, I see a very, very, very ominous, imminent future coming to that stuff. Um, like I said, one of the themes for the, for the rebel capitalist event was get prepared. Like I, these these guys they're not screwing around like if you go and check out like some of the things that Lynette Zhang was saying some of the things that you know all of them like I mean Mark Moss Steve Van Meter I mean all of them like they were all concerned about going into the future and being prepared was like the the theme theme of the of the of the crisis man I can't talk was the theme of the whole event I must have drank way too much coffee today all right. What do you think of pre-Clinton unemployed stats showing 25% unemployment? I don't believe any of those numbers. I, I really don't. Um, like, it's it's even hard to, like, follow the the numbers that they put on, like, CNBC for, like, the U.S. Treasuries and stuff. We already know from FASB 56 that they are giving us a different set of numbers. Like, here's the real books. But then the news and all the outlets, they get they get a different set of numbers. And the real books are hidden for national security reasons. So they're going to show you these other numbers and say that they're the real numbers, but they're not. And they're doing that, like I said, for the national security reasons. But they say that if you're doing this for like your retirement purposes or investing, that the numbers that you see are legitimate for that, that you can use it for that. But that all of it together is all hidden. And just check out the video that I did on it. Um, FASB 56, F-A-S-B 56. And I believe that's the, uh, that was the law or whatever that they used to, to do this.
unemployment rate doesn't mean anything. Take a look at labor force participation rate to have a better idea. And that's true. Um, labor participation is just like in the toilet. There's far less people working today than there ever was. Well, I don't know about ever was, but then there was before. And I have to question like, how do they come up with that? Is it money earned or is it actually having a job? Because does like having a TikTok, you know, business or like, you know, YouTube channel or something like that, you know, getting sponsored, is that like a job or is that like not considered a job? Like, do you have to have like a nine to fiver? Like, do you have to be on like, I don't know, fill out, you know, W4s or something like that or W2s? I mean, is that the, the type of thing that you that counts as an actual job? I mean, what if you like I said, what if you do like, you know, something else like online sales or something like that? Uh, everyone grab your tulips. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for the $10. Osama. Uh, great job at the rebel or at the RE. Yeah. The rebel event. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I listened to everyone on that panel and I've learned more from you and you in diverse, sorry, pragmatic, always honest viewpoint on economics. You are the real deal. This is facts. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. It's very nice of you to send me the $10 super chat. Right, I've got about another 10 minutes, guys, and then I have to go back to work. Hey, UE, what's your opinion on Dave Ramsey? He calls for people to pay off debt as soon as possible, including mortgage. Those guys on stage were talking about unlocking equity. Isn't it, isn't it better to pay off debt? Okay. Interesting question on that one, because I agree that being out of debt is the best position that you could ever possibly be in, like ever. When I got out of debt, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. These guys use debt to make an insane amount of money, okay? Now, if you can learn the secrets to doing that and not screw it up, then you can become insanely fabulous, fabulous, fab, fuck it. <laughs> screw, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, you can become incredibly wealthy. Like, look at the things that um, Robert Kiyosaki has done. If you can learn the difference between good debt and bad debt and how to use that good debt to, you know, push yourself into the acquisitions of properties and stuff and investments and all kinds of things, you can really excel in the, you know, the acquisition of, like, I don't even know, wealth. I mean, that's the only way to kind of describe it. So, yeah, I mean, I think like Dave Ramsey is probably good for the individual. Like if you have a nine to five job and that's and you don't plan on like really hitting it hard with investments or trying to do something like that, then I could see where getting out of debt as soon as possible and then trying to say fill up a 401k or an IRA or something like that. I could see where that like is very like kind of a brain dead plan like you just you just put your head down and just work as hard as you can and do that and stick to the plan then you could probably come out like okay like you can come out with a fairly decent retirement and have some stuff and not you know stress too much in life but if you want to make it like huge like if you want to like do a big time then you have to do something like what robert kiyosaki has done all right let's see here i want to get pragmatic tattooed on my shoulder no lie <laughs> um let's see here. all the way down oops do you follow mike burry he is he has said the same thing as you with bullwhip effect on inventories 
Um, well, I, I don't follow any individual. Um, I have seen um, a lot of people interview him and talk with talk with him. But if I remember right, wasn't wasn't he like calling for hardcore inflation coming into the future and didn't really talk about the bullwhip effect causing prices to come down? Like, for, as far as I, I didn't that don't. Don't quote me on it because I don't really read into his stuff too much. So I might be misinterpreting what he had said or misunderstanding it. But I thought I was under the impression that Michael thought that things were going to be like really bad as far as inflation goes and that nobody was going to be able to afford anything where I think very much different. I think you're going to have a window of opportunity to really load up on like if you don't have a big screen TV, like I don't really have much stuff like I, you know, really I. I was in a bad shape five years ago where I didn't really have anything anyway. Like my possessions were just kind of like, like my car, you know, like I got a $500 car. I got an old couch. I got old stuff. Like I don't really have anything new and fancy. And so I have like an old TV that's starting, like you can't even hit the volume anymore. Like does, it doesn't even change the volume or anything. I mean, it's, it's an okay TV for the picture, but I would love to have a nice new TV. And here soon i think i might be able to get one pretty cheap so you know i mean that's kind of deflation as far as i'm concerned and i and i didn't really hear like a lot of people calling for this position now that it's happening they want to call it they want to say yeah look at what's happening here this is a bullwhip effect and i was like no bullwhip effect is gonna hit us everything that happened in lumber you're gonna find it happen throughout the rest of the economy minus food and fuel that's that's the only one that's going to be different I was just watching Owen Benjamin's stream before watching this video. Right on. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a hold of him real soon. Um, you know, I have to thank the guy because he's given me quite a few shout outs. And uh, I know that I, I've gotten quite a few subscribers from him as well. So I really have to reach out and, and at least have a conversation with him and thank him for all what he's done for me. All right, UE. That is true. Only a very small percent of the population, way less than 1%, who will get wealthy from habitually taking on good debt. It's a small, guarded club. 99% are better with listening to DR, Dave Ramsey. Well, and that's, and, that's a, and that's right. I got, okay, guys, I have five minutes left. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, I think about the guys, like, if you're a... Say you're one of these fishermen out here who goes commercial fishing, right? And you're going to come back with a ton of money. Like you go up to Alaska, you go fishing, you come back. Like some of these guys, I mean, I've heard them come back with like a lot of money, $30,000, $40,000, even more sometimes. And unfortunately, like it's hard work and it's dangerous work. And it's not necessarily like a whole lot of brain power going into it, but it does, it is incredibly physically demanding. And don't get me wrong, you have to be smart while you're out there. It's not, I'm not trying to say that fishermen are dumb by any means. They're not, they're, they're very intelligent people. Um, but it's not like you're, you know, working with your head as far as like trying to come up with investments or trying to come up with business ideas and stuff like that. You're out there just busting your ass, trying to make as much money as you can, trying to bring in as much of the, of the, you know, of your harvest that you can get from the sea. And, when you do that and you come back, a lot of these guys, I mean, they're party animals, right? They work hard, they play hard. And so they blow a lot of this money. Well, if you could take that money and say, put it into retirement funds and investment funds and do and stay out of debt, you know, those type of things. Well, you can do that every year for 10, 15, 20 years and come out of that with a pretty decent life. Like you can just give up the fishing and just like live off of live off of your retirements. But it's uh, it's difficult for a lot of people who 
go from like feast to famine. They owe like they've been broke there for the entire year. They get fifty thousand dollars. They're not quite financial savvy, and they just blow it all at the bar and partying it up and doing all that other stuff until they're completely broke, and then they have to go to Alaska again. And believe me, I've seen that happen a lot. <laughs> I've seen it happen a lot. But a lot of guys, they're really smart. Like they'll come back and buy a house or you know do do the right thing. Um, but it's not always easy if it's like easy like. If it's quick money, and I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's it can be quick. You know, you go up there three, four months, if that, and you can come back with a whole year's worth of wages. It's pretty cool. All right, five hundred of you up in here. That is amazing. Gosh, I wish I was going to stay out here longer. Um, I got probably another three or four minutes. We also need to understand that we are now our own healthcare. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things that I that I think of as far as prepping goes. Being healthy is going to be a prepper mentality. Like, you can't just go and eat whatever you want and not exercise and have, like, medical conditions going into the future because you saw how hard it was to even go to the doctor during the pandemic. I mean, when everybody was getting sick, if you have even a little bit of an issue, it was very difficult to, to try and get some medical attention. So being healthy, remaining healthy, and that's both in mind, body, and spirit. I mean, everything about it. You got to focus in on yourself, focus in on the family, you know, make sure that you're eating good food and, you know, being in positive attitude, you know, and making sure that your life is like heading in a decent direction, you know, if. If you have all those things working out, even if it's not good or perfect, as long as you're moving in that direction, that's what it takes. That's what that's what's going to get you to to live a better life, you know, in the end. Um, let's see. I got one more minute here. I'm going to take one more question, then I'm going to bail out. All right. How are you preparing for the dollar losing reserve currency status over the next 10 to 20 years? Buying gold, silver, and cryptocurrencies. I have, excuse me, no idea if any one of those are going to work. But getting something that's going to be out of the third party, that's going to be the, the ticket to that. Um, losing the world reserve currency status, it's going to be, I mean, at least for me, it's going to be fairly obvious that it's taking place. And if you can see it happening like ahead of time, like a lot of people are like, oh, no, it's happening now, man. You're missing it. I'm not like if you can tell me another nation that is going to issue out as much debt as the United States has in order to supply the world with a safe and liquid asset like the U.S. Treasury, if you can show me a government that's willing to do that and take on as much deficit spending as we do in order to supply the world with the, with the currency that it needs, once you find, if I can see that, or even the group of nations, like the BRICS nations, if they started doing that, it would be like, okay, here we go. We got something happening here, but I don't see it. Like it's Europe, you know, the euro is, is a close second but it's not close. It's a distant second. That's what it is. I mean, but it's the closest thing that would be to competing with the dollar. So it's not going to happen like bang overnight, right? There's no way that they're going to come up and say, okay, here's your new world reserve currency. It's going to be a transition that happens. And, you know, I don't see anything. I don't see anything happening yet. So at least not on a, not, not on a big enough scale to, to take over. Um, at least that's my opinion on it. That could change. It could change in a year. Like in next year, we could see, oh man, no, here it comes. This is it. This is the one that's going to do it. But yeah, until then, you know. All right, guys, I would love to hang out here a little bit longer, but I have to go back into work. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.